knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. to the Habitat Podcast, the podcast for wildlife habitat management, hunting strategy, and land stewardship. And now, your host, Jared Van Hees. Welcome to the Habitat Podcast. I'm your host, Jared Van Hees, and we're here to become better habitat managers. Guys, hope everybody out there is having a great March weekend coming up here i have a great podcast coming up from two gentlemen you guys have heard from before mr Corey francis and mr matt zoll these guys are two very good friends of mine um habitat managers deer hunters ice fishermen good dudes to hang out with and we recorded our first podcast in an ice shanty so we did our ice camp last weekend that's probably about a week and a half ago now and we're going to call this the Northern 70 update. So more of a got, I, I got Corey on the, on the property. I got Matt on the property. Finally, after, you know, a year of talking about it, we gave these guys a tour and now we brainstorm with these guys who are doing the same thing on their 70 acres and their 30 acres here in Michigan and getting their opinions on, you know, thoughts kind of brainstorming while we're ice fishing, having a couple pops and, um, Having a great time up in northern Michigan. So great episode. Very grateful to have Corey and Matt on. And um hope you guys enjoy the little update we have from the Northern 70. Um, still pushing for a forester and and or I should say a processor to get some wood cut. As you guys know, that hasn't changed. So just think of some cool thoughts as this is going on, some north-facing slopes, some different. You know, if you have any suggestions, love to hear your feedback. So check it out. We have Matt Zoll and Corey Francis here in the Habitat Podcast talking a Northern 70 update. I hope you guys are out cutting trees. I hope you guys have your trees ordered to replant in the spring. Um, our land plant class, we busted three of those out again this past week. Uh, really happy about that. Just, again, thank you very much for the support. And if you're in the woods, you know, be sure you're wearing your your helmet and your chaps and, and out there with a the chainsaw right now. That's what I'm going to be doing very soon is more cutting. And I feel like that. And then planning for spring food plot season is pretty much on my mind. I hope to hear the same from you guys. Um, if you want, go over to the Habitat Chat Facebook page and let us know what you're up to. 
uh, or the Habitat Podcast, Facebook, or Instagram networks too. Love to hear what you're up to, get some, get some pictures, some progress, ask questions, that whole thing. Guys, this podcast is brought to you by First Light. So if you haven't heard of First Light before, they are a high-end hunting apparel company. They actually, you know, they're part of the Meat Eater crew. Um, Meat Eater owns a few different companies. First Light is one of them. And I really enjoy their their apparel, their hunting gear. Uh, what's neat lately is they came out with something called Terra, T-E-R-R-A. That's their new color. It's like a new new pattern, new dark solid, uh, I think they call it. It's like a chocolate brown, uh, pretty dark. It's sharp looking. Um, they have a lot of their, their wool and their outer garments in that so far. The catalyst see the corrugate pants not the catalyst pant the obsidian foundry pant all available in that terra outerwear uh, more styles and that are coming soon check them out at firstlight.com and be sure to tell them habitat podcast sent you if you see them online you know tag habitat podcast say you heard it here first that goes a long way with us and we really appreciate that if we have some upcoming deals with first light we will let you know i'm working on some stuff with josh and we'll see what we can come up with but right now Check out the new Terra pattern and dark solid color at Meat Eater First Light. Let them know Habitat Podcast sent you. If you are looking for a new bow, I'm starting to shoot with my collarbone getting repaired. Not yet, but I'm thinking a lot about it because I have that total archery challenge coming up in June. Um, I'm going to be shooting here real soon, as soon as I am active enough to shoot. I've been doing some physical therapy, working on the shoulder, working on the collarbone. She's not healed yet. And she lets me know when she's uh, not quite there, but I'm pushing it and, and working on, you know, the exercises and getting things done. All that to say that my, my Matthews V3X is going to be dialed down 60 pounds. And I'm going to be flicking arrows up and down that mountain up here at uh, Crystal Mountain here at the Total Archery Challenge in Michigan. So I urge you guys to check out Bill over at Endless Horizons Archery in Aliquippa, PA. Bill has got... A full line of Matthews bows, year-old bows, two-year-old bows. He'll hook you up, guys. Give him a call. Um, you can go on Facebook at Endless Horizons Archery. Now they are at 384 Franklin Avenue in Aliquippa, PA. Uh, give give Doug or Bill a call. Guys, my bow is set up nice, out of the box. He sent it to me in the mail, and it works perfect. So you know, the last couple of years of Matthews would be a good spot to start. Give them a call. See what they have. It'd be great. Anyways, check them out. Endless Horizons Archery. They're on Facebook. Give them a like. Tell them Habitat Podcast sent you. That's really all I wanted to talk about. I really hope that you guys are enjoying maybe some spring break this week. Maybe you're out in the woods cut. Maybe you're ordering your seed, getting ready for Habitat season. I know that spring is always the busiest time of year for, for us here at Habitat Podcast, Brian and I, you know, Phil, the other Phil, Zach, Jesse, all on plans for the land plan crew. So we're we're busy helping the listeners out, our land plan clients, and we're very grateful for that. Uh, sometimes puts a back seat to our own stuff, which is okay. We're out there doing a the good deed and helping folks out. So hopefully you guys are getting your own stuff done. And if you have any questions, you know, concerns, let us know. We're here to help reach out habitatpodcast.com is a great place to find all and everything that we do. And if you have not signed up 
there is a $900 Packer Max giveaway going on at habitatpodcast.com. 900 bucks. A Packer Max HD unit. Habitat Podcast is purchasing and giving that away to one lucky listener. So if you go to habitatpodcast.com, the very first thing you'll see, top of the screen, green box, giveaway. Hit that or click the link in the show notes below. If you're listening to this podcast, just scroll down, click the link, and you'll be right, you know, able to sign up for this Packer Max giveaway. 900 bucks, guys, shipped to your door. So with that said, let's get right back into it. We are doing the Northern Michigan 70 Acres update, my farm. And we're going to talk to Corey Francis and Matt Zoll after we walked in the woods in about 18 inches of snow to get their opinion on what to do next. And we're doing it out of a nice shanty. Thanks for listening to the Habitat Podcast. Well, what I wanted to talk about today, first of all, first podcast in a shanty. That's also yeah, true. Yeah, buddy. Whose uh, monster is that? Yours? Well, you gave it to Matt. And he gave me half because I said, hey, can I have some? I have a whole nother one over there. Dude, I'm... I do. There's another one. I, I can't drink it after this time. Oh, really? I, I drank two back to back on the way home that. yesterday. Corey goes, how did your heart not explode? You mean from when we put the quads in the trailer till we got home? From when we stopped at the gas station to when I got home. Yeah, you said you drank, drank two? I drank two of the uh, Monster Rehabs, yeah. Hey, you know what? When we talk, it yeah, comes that's not good. Line. That's not good for your heart, probably. Yeah. I mean, this probably ain't good for my liver and... It's fine. It's yeah, that's, that's point. good. Everything in moderation, Jared. <laughs> okay, so when are we going to start mo- doing? <laughs> you mean fish? I'm fishing in moderation. I mean, I we, mean, we need to fish more, man. Catching fish. So, anyways, no, I'm. I do. Uh, unfortunately, my land plan client. Um, he get he, when I pulled up one time near Mount Pleasant. He, he had like a 32 ounce of this. He gave it to me. I'm like, okay, I never had one. I drank it that day. And the whole thing? Then, well, no, I probably drank half that day. But ever since then... You've been addicted. I like them. I love those. I like them. I love the white monsters. The white ones are Dude, good. Dude, I walk into a gas station, white monster and sunflower seeds all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, zero sugar, all that. Well, I bet you yeah, I can't really want to go down a rabbit hole and you think about how much you spend on white monster and sunflowers throughout the year because I'm a stickler for that kind of stuff, too. And it's like, oh, it's... Couple bucks here, a couple bucks there, and that's like, oh, it's a lot. It's a new first light yeah. suit. <laughs> so you could also do that with how much venison costs per pound, but you don't. Don't go down that one. Just saying. I, I hear you there. No, it depends. Actually, my price is going down <laughs> per pound. Is he sunburnt? Yeah, he Probably. is. You have a tan line. Oh, yeah. your, your hat was on backwards. You oh, yeah. have a perfect white band across the forehead. I, my wife always makes fun of me for that. She's like, Why I thought it was you? from your helmet earlier that you had on right well, now. It might have just been because I just flipped it around and it was on there pretty tight. I but... thought so too, but no. Oh, yeah, it could be that too. I'm thinking it like... could just be the lack of windburn there. We'll see, oh, what, that could we'll be. see what she is tomorrow morning. All right, when are we gonna, why don't we do an official kickoff when let's, you're Yeah, ready? let's talk about where we are, who I'm in the shanty with. Yeah. So I have an idea who you guys are. Okay, yeah. Who are you? Corey Francis. Oh, my man. All right, man. You got Mad, my other dude. Mad Zoll. My man. This is great, man. We're in a tent, in a shanty, with a couple of hub. Right? Yep. Yeah. Thermal. Otter, insulated. thermal. Four holes. Eight Probably. by eight, six by six. Well, wait, we have, yeah, we have four holes. Four holes, three rods. In this, three rods. That hole is just for Matt to drop my phone into. <laughs> why don't we you should pu- be so lucky. Hey, why don't we push put that bush uh, latte over the hole? Over the hole, yeah. 
Probably Actually, keep it cold too. Probably should. Yeah. Probably should. Um. Yeah, we're up at we're up at Burt Lake. Yeah. Right now, Northern yeah. Michigan. Do you have the best annual day, ice camp? Probably the best day ice fishing I've had besides catching, you know, slobs of fish. Yeah, the amount. Weather-wise, it's been phenomenal. Bluebird yeah. skies. No wind. Flags really. are gonna be flying soon. Yep, we're checking. Yeah, I got three over this way. Yep. Yeah. I'll have a. Uh, no, two and Pat's got that one. Yep. Yep. And uh, we were here last night at this spot, <laughs> and we caught well. Pat caught a 13-inch perch, and then Corey dethroned him with a 15-inch perch. Within five minutes. And that perch, I bet that perch was. Head shoulders. I don't know if it was all at two pounds. It, it, it might have been all at two pounds. We should weigh we it. We can still weigh it. Probably it's a gigantic lost. perch. That's I'm what like. the second bet should be. Second bet closest to without going over pounds and ounces. Guessing. Takes money, yeah. Because unless it really turns on here, we got to create something. Next yeah. door, Nick's doing good. Right now, Nick's got big yeah. fish today. <laughs> I shouldn't have thrown the couple little ones that I caught. I know, because you might have had them. I actually, well, I caught about. We're, we're planning on catching more fish. Yeah. We just I would like to point out there right now that all three of us sitting in this tent are probably better deer hunters than we are perch fishermen <laughs> this weekend. <laughs> I don't know. It's uh, we're yeah, yeah. His head's getting a little big over here. I don't think he can fit it in the shanty anymore. Maybe <laughs> you guys. I should have bought the what is it? The bigger the bigger a... otter is like the the giant humongous one that you can. You know, the guy with like the sixteen-inch perch you go. Yeah, hey, he might fit in there. He, maybe. But think about it, the deer hunting and the perch fishing, you know, we've been trying to learn this lake. Mm. First time we've been, all of us have been on this lake, First right? Time. So big lake. And one, I don't know a ton about perch. And two, uh, you know, yeah. I don't I don't know about a lot about even the walleye and the burbot, which we wanted to target. Matt so, probably knows most about perch, and we both caught bigger perch than him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're not wrong. I tell you, these big bodies are tough. We fish, we the fish burbot, Hubbard. Yeah. Hubbard's yeah, the you same know, way. Yeah. It's tough. You can go 16 hours out of a 17-hour day fishing and not get a line, and then all of a sudden you get 50 flags in an hour. That's crazy, man. Yeah, that and that's you know I, I learned I'm learning from you already. We'll, we'll kind of go back and forth on the ice fishing and the habitat here. I'm learning a lot from you. Those tip downs, those are cool. I need to buy some of those. I haven't used those or seen those before, but that's that's a thing around here, guys. I saw other guys using those. Right. Um, tip ups are great and everything. I haven't caught one on them yet, but I know they'll work for perch. Yeah, well, I what I know from experience, and that's why I was being so finicky about like size of treble hooks, is like I watched my cousin have like the perfect setup for his tip ups with a soft release and a really small treble. Our trebles are bigger his, than his. His tip ups caught ninety percent of our fish that really? weekend. Yeah. Oh yeah, hands down. Yeah, I'm probably out of walleye treble on there to be honest with you on mine. Yeah. Yeah, he'll, he'll even throw, I, I think I got like 14s on there. I think he'll throw like 16s or 18s. Yeah, like small. they're tiny little, I have some, I have tiny some small ones things. on there. But it works. Hey, I'll uh, reel it in. Yeah, kick us, kick us no, off I'll reel here. it into the habitat. It's your first, both of you guys' yeah, first time. Unintended, right? Because yeah. we're ice fishing. But Reel it into the habitat. Yeah. So, dude, he's just hired. Right? He's hired. <laughs> yeah, jokes are, jokes are going to keep coming. So, uh, we got a fish down uh, on one of us, by the way. Oh, I see it. Get yep. ready. So, uh, but think about this. We didn't know this lake, and what were we doing? Studying map scouting, but we were looking at topography, man. All right? We're trying to look at changes in in the depth and where these fish are going to, you know, come up and down. 
and yeah. throughout the water column throughout the day as they feed and that's where we were trying to rationalize where we fished is based on like that topography and it kind of relates a little bit to how we try to hunt and one of the things jerry we got to see your property i got to see the northern 70 today for the first time and man first off gorgeous and the topography there thank you yeah thank you yeah it's it's beautiful yeah I mean, what are your thoughts i mean like we were we got three guys who can talk and get excited about habitat here so like we were going i mean we were we we're a bunch this of and squirrel then. brains we were Correct. oh what about this I yeah mean, which as, is as a great. man with it's a flat property i'm super jealous yeah. Not that you have to drag deer up out of there. Dude, I'm not jealous right? about That's that. Why you see why we call it the but, belly of the beast? But I'm jealous like, about yeah. how you can use that terrain, how you can use it for shield, for cover, for thermals, well, to use it to yeah. your advantage. Let's talk about that. Corey was making a really good um, reference there and, and relating the how we fish for perch on this sort of topography. And then we got the opposite topography coming out of the ground over on the 70. Yep. Um... Yeah. What are you guys' initial thoughts, Matt, when you first, you know, we started walking in the woods? Well, first of all, there was a lot of snow. But... A lot of snow. <laughs> it was fun when you step on a, a fallen tree top and your foot goes in up to your knee. And you're like, oh, there's a hole. But How much no, snow do you think there was? I'd say 18 on the ground at Jeez. least. 18 Jeez. to yeah. 24. Oh, yeah. yeah. Easy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a lot of snow. It, and it's interesting how it's like kind of in those little pockets of the higher elevation where it just collects snow, no trees to, and all the trees to have a good can canopy to sh shade out the ground to well, last, not make it warm. Last night, you remember sure. when we were coming yeah, back yeah, after you got gas, there was no snow on the roads, but as soon as you started climbing Jared's road, you started to see that little glaze of snow, a little dust come on there just from, you know, a few hundred feet of elevation change. Yeah, li no, it literally is. Um, my buddy Jim was on the road and he said, you come down the hill and start going to town. Watch Dif it. Different weather. Watch it. Different weather from up on the hill. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, I actually, we were, we were driving through that last night, and, I, and I'm like, should I be going this fast, pulling, you know, pulling a trailer? You know, I'm like. <laughs> going, going up the hill? Well, one of the, I was going oh, down. Coming, I was going down. Coming on that, on that road. Of, I believe so. Yeah. Yes. Um, and I was going down a hill, and I'm like, wow. If, if I'm wrong about this surface. There's a tree right there that will stop me, but I was yeah, going, you know, rough. it's 55, you know, so I was oh, yeah. probably doing that. I had the same thought. I was trying to go slow up his hill going towards his place, and I was like, ooh, like, I don't have it in four-wheel. I got Hopefully a little squirrely. Pat was getting a little squirrely. Yeah. yeah. So, hey, so. so topography. I, I want to give you this. Yeah. yeah. Here's the coolest thing, and about buying a, about buying a piece of ground that you can kind of you know, let's call it a fixer upper. Mm -hmm. You know, I did that with a with with a property. You know, Matt's doing that with a property. But mm -hmm. the cool thing about where you're at, because you have this, you have this topography that you have to figure it out. And and number one reason is, uh, we could have all the cool food plots, hinge cuts, clear cuts, whatever we wanted to do there. But sure. if what you have is the canvas right now to to make it, you can manipulate those deer based on how the thermals work at your property. So I would, before you decide where a food plot's going or a buck bedding area or a doe bedding area is going, is learn those thermals and figure out how to make the deer just be outside out of them, but make them think that they're, that they're safe, right? And, yeah. and then you can set that whole game plan up with food plots, travel corridors to keep them out of those thermals at certain times. And and you, you made a metaphor earlier when you were saying, you were asking me how the thermals work. I've only hunted it, you know, 
sparingly, you're saying, how does the water flow? Yeah. You jumped out of whatever, a bottle of water, not something bigger, like it's a big hillside, but you jumped out some water, which way would it flow? And I point in a certain direction, you're like, that's where your thermals are going to go. Yeah. Right? Downhill, down at the bottom. And in the morning, after a certain time, they start to rise up the hill, right? So. Yeah. But how that does exactly will be, well, that'll take some studying. Well, here's another variable. So you're, so you're saying get well, that studying done first and, before you start yeah, doing habitat. Yeah, Corey and I were talking about this earlier with thermals. Both of us have, have elk hunted out west, and like most of us consider thermals for like whitetail woods as like up and down because we're generally in a bigger flat or we're in a, you know, but you got so many like little tunnels, little vortexes, little like, you know, almost wind tunnels. Not good. And well, it's <laughs> not that it's not good. It can be to your advantage because out west man i can tell you what as soon as that sun flips the switch it's like a cyclone and it just goes like so up yeah well yeah. up or down for that okay. matter as i mean it's, that sun just is that trigger as soon as it's hot enough changes it as soon as it's cold enough changes it so yeah from an access standpoint sneaking into your stands yeah you know just navigating your woods i mean you can you have all those little gullies that you could use to access the same stand different wind i mean you could actually access a stand that was a quote-unquote bad wind but if you had the thermal helping you out you could tuck right in that valley get into that stand optimally without bumping deer out yeah even if that stand was going to be a really good wind but your access was terrible you could just pick one of those shoots sneak in there so yeah let's, let's explain a little bit what, what you mean by that like there's there's like four or five what did you call those fingers yeah, fingers, fingers that come off of the high ground and, yep. and drop off down into the belly of the beast. And they're 100 yards-ish. Apart? No. They're, well, there's probably 75 yards apart, and they're 100 yards long coming off like that Yeah, it's a long, range. like, finger, right? It's yeah, it's some, I mean, pretty big yeah, before they start really dropping oh, off. Yeah, I mean, they they go for three, 400 yards. Yeah, right? they like cover a good amount of vertical hand, tops. Kind of like that. You know, it's kind of like... You know, your knuckles are where it starts to break down. and yeah, Like a hand. Hey, that's 200, a good, 200 that's a good feet. It's a 200 foot. I, I'm just going to guess it's 150 to 200 foot change of, in elevation. It is from the top so, to the bottom. From top to bottom. It, it is. Yeah, okay, good. It's between 150 and 200. I think it's yep. like 180 something. And, and, it go, and that's I think in I said a, a bigger number yards. before, but yeah, it's, no, that's, that's what it is. And realistically, it's only in probably 250 yards, 300 yards as a crow flies. It's pretty steep. Yeah, so I mean, that's that's how those fingers come off and then they drop right right down. So, right. you, so Matt, you were saying you could even slide any one of those, not the fingers, because the fingers we talked about maybe better. That's, that's what we're talking about. Like, what do you do with the fingers? So, I mean, do you have to have every finger in bedding? I don't or know. Or do you do every other one? You, or do you, or do you slate them? Right now, we can one see them all from way. one position, right? Right. So it's too far. Well, like, that means they can see us if we come down through that that bad access from like the loggers are going to use. We start walking down that. You got four finger ridges looking right at that trail. Well, that's the beautiful thing. Like Corey said, you got a you got a a blank canvas. Yep. So you walk your power line down. Mm -hmm. You stay safe. Mm -hmm. You pick your finger out. Say you want to get mm -hmm. down to the belly of the beast. You want to get in the swamp. Guess where that wind is? Guess what? Is it a morning hunt? Is it an evening hunt? You know? Yeah. It's gonna be yeah, it won't way be, more factors than what it, I mean, you'll have. Million, you'll have another yeah. factor. Is it a morning? What way is the wind going? Yes. And morning or night? It's like well, a trifecta. You won't even have an east wind stand. You have an east wind stand only, you know, in the morning or only at night, right? Right. And and like in Ohio, we never hunt in the bottoms. Why? Because the wind sits down there and just circles, right? So we always tend to hunt up top because you get a more steady wind coming up. Right. But. But if we're gonna cut bedding on the contours of these knobs. 
here. You can't hunting them in the bottom is gonna be really tough. Other than I, I agree, but or wait, time out. What if you're now? But now, what if you're down downstream? Let's call it right. Yes. Mm -hmm. You're on the good side of the thermals, and your thermals are sucking down. So if you can get around them, and you have a sneaky access out the back door on your far east end. Here's I another. Mean, yeah, I'm gonna try to use my neighbor's driveway. Another he seems nice, and yeah. there's a roll of fence that rolled oh, on cool. our property. He's like, hey, can I go get that fence? Uh, my name's Matt, and I say, I'm like, fence is yours, bro. But let me know if I can use your driveway during bow season to rip up in my yeah. hopefully e-bike by that time. But that's yeah. how it works, though. My neighbor lets me access my north uh, property line. So, you, so well, to, I, I walk through his driveway and, and drive yeah, in, so yeah. you got to make those connections with those neighbors. That's a great tip, Matt. A great tip. And I think that um, you're saying downstream on the thermals, so the thermals are, are, hit, are coming down, hitting you, and you're, you're past the deer at that point. So let... My thought on how to how to beat it is just a, a blind. I don't know how else you really beat it. Yeah, and so that I, and that helps you tremendously. But that's right? a big deal to get a blind. Like you got like we didn't go all the way down to oh, see where like the, the ground's getting like yeah. soppy and seepy and like it's gonna be a chore to get anything down in there. Well, once you get the logging road in, that'll help. <laughs> yeah, and and you probably aren't gonna set a blind until you get logged, right? And then, no, I, and and until I really know where that blind needs to go, right? right. So hit another variable you Which have. Which is going to be years on the road. Another variable you have with the thermals <laughs> before we leave it. Too Oops, far. Sorry. Yep. Drop my rod. It's not a fish on. So those those conifers, those white pines that you have up top, those are a factor of your thermals too, because they'll pull that. They warm up faster than everything else. When You're talking the ones that I was. I'm saying that they're going to like get harvested and be the. Uh, are those the getting that? Oh, those are. All those red pines. Those are red pines. Oh, good. Well. That's you what should, the forester says. They pull, they pull a lot of thermals towards them because. Do they really? Well, they'll heat up right yeah, first because they have more surface area. Yeah, is, it, is this it, more elk hunting stuff? No, and this, so this actually deer hunting thing that I noticed when I was I was in Saskatchewan. He's such a killer, dude. I, he's so diversified. Hold on, though. Let me. Can I give credit? Like, I got. I got to give credit to who like brought this to my attention. Who coined it? Who should be here? No, look, we wanted Drew to come up this weekend, right? Oh, yeah. yeah and, and, and so Drew, Drew, in the way his mind works, is is, is hilarious, man. So I, I was texting with him when I was in Saskatchewan. I got winded by a deer that was, there was a two-year-old buck in my, you know, alfalfa food plot in a small area, right? It's Saskatchewan. In Saplot. In Saplot, and that's Saskatchewan, man. But, um... It, the wind was in my face, and the deer was directly downwind. I had maybe a five to ten mile an hour wind. It was kind of breezy that morning, but the conifers that the, it was in, like the bait was like right by the conifers. Well, the conifers were uh, were getting so hot, right, that it was sucking the air from me a hundred yards away. It was pulling my cold air up and out with it it, oh, cre yeah. it created you mentioned the word vortex earlier about thermals man it created that vortex mm -hmm. and a hundred yards away it pulled my scent past that buck that's right be because those conifers reading up so i sent drew that picture i'm like i got winded and he's like dude see those conifers he goes they are he's creating so much it. heat it makes sense so i mean because his property is you'd be somebody to talk to about thermals i tried to get him on and he was like you gotta come walk it first he's like i can't do it without you seeing it so you know what i'm talking about yeah. all right we just see, have a minute and to your back. point yeah. Corey, about that you know it makes sense to me though i'm gonna i'm gonna not go off topic super it sounds bad, like you're going on, it sounds like you're going sounds, off topic i'm gonna a little bit but i think no, you're going it, off topic. It, it illustrates the whole point of how those conifers can trap can pull can do this you ever cut a live Christmas tree down? 
Yeah. Bundle that thing up, wrap it up. You bring it in sure. your house and you cut the rope. What do you feel right away? Cold air. That cold air gets pocketed inside of that tree. Nobody, and it's, we don't cut down 30 foot trees like you do. Yeah. I'm just telling we're not, you. We're not, he's got this, we're not he's lumberjack got central, mountain men. He's got the Times Square Christmas tree in his barn dominion. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, that's what he said. He said, he said he had to no, bring it in with the front loader on his tractor. Yeah. I mean, amazing. That's why I made the door. Well, that's why it's cold because you have a 30 foot tree. No, but the point Your is, point, okay, I, is, I'm getting off topic. Is the conifers, you know, they hold those air, they pull that air, they can hold that stuff. Thermal cover. Yeah, thermal. Which is why the deer bed in there, like you're saying, or Drew's saying as well. So when those are all, but those are all probably going to be gone. So the forester Good. was right. like, those are mature. There's no reason for those to still be here. I'm like, okay. But he wants to put that in kind of transition. He wants to put that food plot. Up it's going to be the landing deck for the logging. And he wants to, he's like, well, that would be a great food plot. I'm like, yeah. I, I appreciate that. Yeah. But, but it's right next to the road. But maybe. Hey, I tell you what though. I get my destinations at the road. Maybe, maybe it is. Maybe but I can't plant conifers in that power line because that's the easement. They're gonna mow can, them down. But you can plant it on the south edge of that. You can put switch in it or something mm, if you want to have yeah. some thermal stuff. But that would be kind of like we were talking about having a destination off your back. Yeah, that's where I want to go next. Yes. Right, but the destination up there, it's still you can still hunt all the deer Desti moving from those fingers. Because are you talking like right outside of the cabin? Those pines right there. Yeah, so right where like you where I got, got stuck, stuck yeah. until <laughs> until Shh. until the road, and then <laughs> due east till the road starts to go down the hill. All of that is like three, four acres of pines. Got they it. take the whole thing. Yeah, I'm with you. That'd be my destination plot, most likely. You know, but I don't think that's bad though. I Your like destination it. plot plot is as far from where most of your deer will be bedding whether they're bedding on the fingers they're bedding down yep. to the bottom it's easy to get or to the destination plot but i don't necessarily want to hunt that plot but it's easy to get there we don't have to hunt it the road at the same level how far would it be how it's far right there like 50 yards yeah is there any are they going to cut the pines to the road are they to the road I think, or, or do you I, have they are to the road i think i'm going to have to make it so they're they you know they leave a buffer Plus, I want to leave a couple around the cabin, too. But like, You're not going to, uh... What? I was just looking to see if you had the same tan line as I did. Oh, probably. Like did. I'm a hillbilly. But at the same time, though, spruce, switch, yeah. Yeah. miscanthus. I mean, it's all things you can do. I mean, where my landing was after my logging is the same way. I mean, you saw it. You were there. I was I went, there. My, my destination plot is 60 yards from my road. I put in uh, 10... Uh, yard wide switch planting this year fixes the problem like yeah, in two will. or three years and it will that's what and, I use in Jackson is the switch and, program for the yeah, and, screening and, 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 and I way. won't hunt that destination plot ever right not a one time right you're not going to pressure it other than going through it no yeah. because I can act now that I have that wall screen I can access it on my east road I'll be 60 yards from them I'll so, be downwind of them they'll have no clue I can walk the I whole road and it's there same way when I walk that power and we line. could do that up here too same you thing you can 100% right? Like, you might look a little funny walking down the blacktop, but at the oh, same time, care. if it saves a buck, who gives a crap? Hit by a car so is all I, I want to worry about. I was thinking about that, like, so I wouldn't put, like, miscanthus here. It this just, guy, and it doesn't fit. Like, it doesn't I, fit. Like, this setting. Spruces. Yeah, spruces but spruce, it's a effective, of spruce. and, yeah. and we're going to have a podcast you, coming up soon only on miscanthus, but, but it's effective. Talking, yeah, but you're talking northern Michigan. Michigan, beauty, like... Yeah, beautiful natural woods and beautiful are, roads. Are we, get, are we getting awesome. old? Because we're like, we're like... Yeah, let's dude. give a little credit, like we walk out on the deck today. And, and I wouldn't hinge cut out. anything that you can see from the road either. I know. That's no. ugly. It's nasty. It is ugly. I, mean, I do like it, but it is ugly. 
But Jared's cabin is just absolutely beautiful. The, the view oh, yeah. is only like enhances it. Yeah, you don't want to put. It's kind of like wow. everything is like supplement. You know, you talk about natives, you talk about invasives, you talk about this, but yeah. you want to also put appropriately looking. Yeah, don't go throw. Yeah. You know, stuff yeah. like if you make it look like the a place is just. I'm picking it, up what it you is put. Beautiful. Yeah. The place beautiful, Northern Michigan. Yeah, it is. Isn't it just, like the like when you think Northern Michigan, like that's the setting. That's yeah. it, and that's the inside of the house. And that, yeah, it's it's amazing. It's no, thank it's you. perfect, man. If you're gonna do it once, do it right. And yeah, you guys did. Yeah, I don't appreciate that. It's it's a, it's a lot of work, and I'm I mean, it's, I get an excited feeling driving up. You know, it's yeah. like, all right, yeah, like I'm. It's it's a trip up here. Like it's it's no slush of a drive, but it's like, I I'm happy. Like I'm relaxed, everything's good, and then we're you know we're fishing nearby. Like it's all good. So, but I like with, with that destination plot up there, the forester recommended right there. He's like, we're all gonna clear cut this for the logging dock. We'll rip the stumps out, blah blah blah. This will be your food plot. And I'm like, that sounds convenient, but is that the right move? There's not a lot of flat spots on this ground, but, so maybe this is the right move. But. I you, your situation is not, even though you have a bunch of hills, it's not that much different than my situation. Think about, you saw my place, it's majority wet swamp. Like, I don't have big giant areas. So I turned the landing area for all the timber into the food plot. And then no I'm matter making, where it was. And then I'm making it work to my advantage. Correct. Yeah, I'm putting in switch and I'm hinging trees and I'm doing what needs to be done. Yeah, my, my but, lack of flat ground is your lack of dry ground. Yeah, absolutely. But you just have to like, and that's where, like Corey said, once it's logged, you'll it'll be like, oh, this is what I have to do. Yeah. And uh, I like the destination plot up there because what are you going to do? You can't turn it into bedding. You need to act, use the top of the ridge to access. You have to. So, like Matt was saying, you use the, that the north side would be the north side as the roads on the north. No, south. South the, side. Roads on the south. Sorry. South. Yeah. So the roads on the south. So you could use that south. Any north wind. You know. Yeah, you could use that. Lonely. Yeah. Well, but you could use that to access along the road, right? And then you pop up. You Any have a screen of spruce, you yeah. know? Well, and like Corey was saying earlier, you know, where your cabin is, and even though the thermals will pull down and suck into areas where there's going to be deer, they're going to be used to that scent. Like, when you live on your place, yeah, you put well, scent I in your place. Well, so. I think so. I'm with you, but we're not living there. Yeah, but how often have you been up there this winter? A bunch. But Do you like, think it's going to get more or less? I think that when you go and you pull up to that cabin and you're slamming doors... It all goes right down the hill. And I, you're I, busted as soon as you pull it. I can tell you. So if I'm going to hunt it, and I get, I'm getting some cell pictures, I'm going to probably pull, park in the power line. I'm probably going to just slide in before. And Friday night's probably going to be the best hunt. I can right? tell you what, though. Our, our our deer camp in Alpena, Michigan is the same way. We sit on the top of a hill, have a huge ridge that goes down into a hemlock and cedar swamp. We don't, like, I can park my truck in the front of the house walk up into camp the deer will still still be right behind the camp at the national wild turkey federation um corn feeder for them huh like they, they won't move but we use that all the time sure like, i understand they yeah, get used I, to it I, I think you're gonna like i think you're gonna maybe see, i'm worrying be, too much about it dude you can hear dude probably the best thing that can happen is when you're up here hunting someone fires up the grill yeah Making noise. Dude, it's a simulation. Right. It's because just, all of a sudden, now they said. smell a human, and they 
and you, so you practice scent control. Mm -hmm. So I believe that we I shower every now and then. Yeah, I, I believe that we can't totally eliminate it and get to have a deer directly downwind and fool their nose. And we train them with a lot of other products, probably. But um, dude, you, because you are cautious about your scent, you, uh, you can be closer to a deer and they think you're further away, right? Correct. Based like on that. how yeah. you know. Well, so. It's so, kind of like a magic show. Like yeah. you create the cabin as the point of attraction. Oh, hey, there's there's stuff going on up there. And so you're pushing them out. And maybe then you're over this here. Way, and you slide in the back super, door. Yeah, yep. dude, I love that. That's I, what magic what, show. I, That's what yeah, it is. Yeah, it's sleight of hand. Did you just coin that? Holy. That was that was impressive, man. Dude, that I mean, was impressive. That's why I put the house where I did at my place. It's I'm you, always you at my the magic place. show. I'm in the, the most convenient. You create the distraction. Yeah. You and then you go in and you and you, you kill your target animal. Speaking of creating the distraction, to add to the magic show, I interviewed Jim Ward again earlier this week. He said he learned from his clients they'll have wind chimes everywhere. Uh -huh. They'll have smokers going. They'll have stuff make a radio. No, they'll leave a radio on all the time in the barn. Yeah. Where you're yep. always making noise. When we leave, there's no noise in that cabin. Testament to that. So he's saying always making noise. So when you pull in, it's not just like. Here's a truck going on the gravel oh, like, driveway. Uh -oh, like alert, alert. Correct. Right. It's more like... Guy, guy at our deer how, camp shot one of his biggest bucks. He, he said he could hear kids playing in the background out in the backyard. He was in some state land up behind um, some private. And he heard kids playing and he could hear the grill going. I mean, his words, not mine. Right. That big eight walked out. Whack. I, he didn't care. I shot a deer when growing up at my parents' house, and I they could hear them calling for their our dog at the time. I could hear my mom calling for the dog, and I literally shot a deer either five minutes later or like right then, like the deer was right there. I've seen and your mom's yelling. Place, so yeah, yeah and I know what you're talking about. So they they do they get used to that. But no, I think you have a very unique ability to use not just your terrain, but the fact that you have a living. I mean. I think people that have property that they hunt that don't live on there or don't have any dwelling that occupies human time, that's the hardest. Like, you're 15. Yeah. I 100% agree with you. You shut the door, they know. Yeah, because they know, think about it. They know when you're there. You're probably going to be at your 70, or people will be at your 70 more often than you would be at your 15 or what you have. I agree. 15. The, the 15 has neighbors and, close and during by, the though, summer too. make up for... But it makes up for it on the neighbor side. But they know that your 15 is like, yeah, it's pretty, you know, non-intrusive. Yeah, yeah. Even with all the yeah, even with all the neighbors' noise and everything else, they know that nobody steps on the 15. Right. right. Nobody steps step on, on the, the 15. And when you step on the 15, for neighbors' cows. Yeah. Right. And you've already shown that you can beat that. You can beat I that did, monster. Yeah. You did beat that. Yeah. So I think yep. that this is just one of those pieces that it's like, you just have to figure it out for your own unique place, and you're gonna you're gonna figure it out, and it's gonna be fine. Oh, well, we're going to figure it out, you know, like, we got a bunch of, everybody out here ice fishing here is at deer camp, too. You know, you guys have your other camps, but everybody else out here, we're, we've been hunting, we're going we're gonna to figure it out. What do you guys think about um, the lowest hole in the bucket on that parcel that you saw, like, today? Like, what's screaming at you? I mean, besides the obvious of cut. Yeah. Which you know. Yeah, well. You've, you've beat a dead horse on that. Beat the dead horse on that. Sorry to the listeners. Beat the dead horse on that one. Water. I didn't, I just, it's hard to see with three, four feet of snow on the ground. Right. So I didn't, don't know if there's consistent. The only water is at the very, 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 very bottom in the thick shit. And is it, can the deer get is to it? it? Is, and is it consistent? I don't think, I, and I don't, I don't know. I'm not a biologist, but like, I've always, I don't see him drinking out like a live running stream. Very, very often. Like I, I don't, like I've never seen 
or I should I should say maybe that the majority of the time that I see them drinking are stagnant little puddles here and there, right? Yeah. The, the only water source we have really are are seeps that leak, and then by the end of the property to the east, it forms a little creek, creek, whatever you call it, you know, about a foot and a half wide. That's it. How often are they seep like seeping often? All the time. Well, so how do you use that to your advantage? So deer have so I'm how, gonna put a satellite dish right below one of the seeps. Exactly right. A big five so foot you, satellite dish from you, the trailer yeah. down. The, yeah, I was gonna throw it right there. Pond is an easy thing to do. I mean, fresh water watering hole. Yeah, it's, it's just, an easy thing to do. Change the terrain just a tiny bit. A little my, depression. My yeah. buddy loves his secluded water holes. I mean, he buys those little like you know. Earthblind makes 20. a new one. I'm hoping to interview that guy coming up soon. He's, he, he makes a really cool one. Oh, yeah, one. I've nice. seen that. That's yeah. actually a really nice yeah. one. Mm -hmm. yeah. But he's put he's put those secluded pines in some, like, big-time white pine bedding and had a lot of success with deer coming in during shooting hours when he's been in the stand. Watch him come in, drink, oh, yeah. come in, drink. Okay. I, see, my problem is, is I don't have that issue, but I have the bigger issue is like I can't use water to my advantage. You could use it to your advantage because there's not water. You have so much water. I have so much water. They can get up well, yeah, no, wherever they that's want. That's why to. every property is different, right? Like mm -hmm. so I'm asking, like, what's the lowest hole? Like what are you seeing? I mean, I think you you said it perfectly earlier, is that your food situation because of the understory not existent and there's no food plots there yet. I think food is your biggest thing and it's gonna get accomplished with the cutting and then you know, whatever you kind of evolve from the cutting, I think you're going to be able to Stump implement all those. And yeah, oh, the, asp the aspen out there. I love yeah. that. The maple. How big were those aspen? Those are, those those are hammers. Right off the deck? They have to be almost 100 feet tall. I think. They are. They're, those I'm are not used to seeing them that big. They're big. Oh, the reason I think everything's so big and hasn't been large is because of how steep the hills are. Yeah. Everybody's like, a little bit Yeah, nobody wants to go do that. Well, but you were telling me about your log. You are like, that He'll, boy, he's not scared of anything. You said he was cutting his a swamp was, up to his in he, his waders up chest, to his chest. He had chest waders on. He was cutting, standing in waist deep water in a soft maple swamp, cutting logs through the through the cable around, and, and his dad ran the skitter and, yeah. and chained him out. But that guy's not scared of just about anything. Yeah, I'd so never he, fight that guy in a bar either. <laughs> hey, so he would would he cut like they would fall and he cut them underwater? Mm -hmm. He'd have to no, he he chain them. Before he caught him, he right? He chained him before he caught him. Because then they fall in the water. Then they fall, and then they'd pull his butt as far as he could, and then he'd limb top up what he off, could and top, top him off on yeah. the way out. That's so it wasn't crazy. a clean, like, leave the top exactly where the tree fell. Sure. It's, you leave yeah, the top point, right there. You pull it a little bit first. But, mm -hmm. And that's how it kind of was at my place. My place had a lot of standing water and super, I mean, there was a couple soft maples that are probably three-quarters of the surface area of this tent. Yeah. That big. And wow. just, I mean, when I walked it, when I originally bought it, I was you'd walk through... 14 inches, 16 inches of standing water. Now it's not. Now it's regrowth up the wazoo. Hmm. It's beautiful. As it should be. We're, we're going to need some of those committed guys to come come cut this place too. So, yeah. so cutting's the lowest hole in the bucket. Yeah, water. Yeah, the food. That's a good food. 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 I mean, really, food too. It needs a lot. Yeah. It needs a lot. But it I does. think, like, that's a question I know that you ask at the end of your podcasts you know you go through the seven series now on your questions and oh the rapid fire rapid fire but it's kind of corny but i think it's fun no i love it but the one question that you ask about food water cover yeah what's more important i'm mm -hmm. i think i'm gonna like i mean maybe make some i always mad. say cover but like but cover does all three Michigan. cover does all yeah, yeah. indirectly it does all three 
You can't use that answer, Matt. If I no, ask it doesn't you that, do that water. Rapid, you can't use that. Yes, it, it does. does. How much hydration? How, how, how much hydration? Deer get, do you all, get, their, with nutrients? Deer okay, get all their nutrients. Deer get all their hydration out of the plants. I'm just saying. They get the majority of it. In, yeah, but in, I'm talking. I'm talking. There's not woody brows, man. Like I'm talking the winter. Yeah, I there is. I guess I'm thinking winter. And there is all no hydration like, in the winter. Yeah, you need water in the winter. Yeah, but I'm no, saying no shortage of snow. But they're not going to take their jet boil out there. Yeah. They're sitting there licking the ice. Fire that sucker I've picked up clumps of snow this whole weekend drinking them. No, okay, I see what you're saying. That's why That's why cutting in sunlight is always number one in everything yeah. we talk about all the time. No, but it's a valid question because if somebody but already you said on that the answer. other two. You no, can't you, use that answer. I can't use that answer? No, no. What, cutting in sunlight? If you had to pick, no, if you had to pick food, water, cover, he said cover goes all three. Well, so you're picking cover. I'm picking cover. Yeah. Because I've well, you seen, can use that answer. Because I've seen now two properties where I didn't have the cover, and I've had two properties logged and two properties cut, and I've seen my deer activity go Isn't probably, that crazy? probably tenfold. Just like that. Just like that. It's, it's usually uh, high on the list of priorities. Yeah. Time. Absolutely. So, your place is going to be good, though. So run, So get a bunch of trees out. Right, I mean they're they're dying, and I mean look how many were dead in place. So you this isn't like you're you're not cutting. You remember, so I was trying to push out one. It is over. a beautiful forest, right? But yeah, oh, it's gorgeous. It's gorgeous, but um, not effective. Park for deer Park for deer hunting, or they're just what it's doing. It's just delaying the next ge regeneration, right? It's delaying it by being you know taking up space for a couple more years when yeah, there you could, could be things growing back. A hundred percent, and you could even say that the park effectness is even. Past this prime because yeah. yeah, dead standing trees are just yeah. getting old and breaking right. off. Yeah, big trees. That's are, ugly. Big, as tre big yeah, trees big are trees. dying now, right? Yeah. So yeah. yeah, good point. Absolutely. What about thermal cover? We oh. didn't really get down on the bottom bottom because there was you know two foot of snow and we were about to go fishing and I wasn't gonna break a full sweat. I can't wait to see your cedar swamp. Yeah, yes. you're it's, not cutting that. Not allowed to. First of all, and I love that. Not allowed to. Yeah, that's why me and the conservancy like we're. We're tight. We're fine. Yeah. So we we have a lot of similar similar interests or views. Um, and yeah, they're like, you, we don't want that touch. We don't want the contaminated. This. I'm like, that's perfect. I, I can tell you, there's a there's a big chunk where we park for rifle season. It was a giant cedar swamp, just absolutely beautiful. They clear cut it probably five years ago now. Guess how many cedars are there? Mm. A lot. A million. Zero. Zero. Oh. Oh, because they don't they don't regen. They don't regen unless they're activated with their with the cones that they release the seeds. Got it. That yeah, takes he, fire. You talked about this on on. Oh yeah, they Thursday do. So night, but he, he, he took a he took like an eighty acre cedar swamp, which was great thermal, great wintering grounds for those deer on the middle of the national forest where you got no supplementation, and then all of a sudden. You cut eighty acres out, and then guess what's guess what the regrowth? It's beautiful, like aspen regrowth. Yeah, but what? you took away. So you're saying a cedar will not regrow unless the fire activates the cones. To the best of my knowledge. Or you plant it. To the best of my knowledge. Yeah, I, I I'm not sure about the, about cedar with that, but I didn't know that either. No, I, I know I, like I, red red uh, red pines that way. Well, he said you said red, red pine has yeah. to go through has to have fire to rehab it well, regenerate. And so do so do the big like redwoods out in California. Okay. Same kind of concept, but my observation is directly on an 80 acre chunk of cedar that got cut. If there was like some random way that it regenerates, you would see it to some way, shape, or form. Sorry. Nada. I mean, it is it is an aspen, like, and it's so wet, you got cattails, you got aspen, you got all this. So what's going to happen is the aspen's going to get big. 
it's going to fall over because it's probably too wet for it to really, you know, take into effect. And yeah, it's crazy. But, there's, a, yeah. there's a fish down there, man. Yeah, I that's what I was going to say. There's a fish. All three of us have drafts. We're all looking at our drafts here. Um, what about the land? No, Matt. I'm, so Matt, you were you were pretty adamant the other night about planting more cedars and feathering. How do I say this? Feathering the swamp. So the swamp is basically along the edges of the creek, right? Yep. Every creek that you see in in nature most of the time, sun's coming down because nothing's growing there. You get thick thick edges along each side of the creek. Yep. Same with this, and that's where those big cedars are. And and you're like, hey. You plant more cedars? I'm like, I don't know, maybe. Feather. Tell me about it. You're like, well, what we should do is plant them up out of this corner and up out of this point. And up out of, you're just talking well, pretty much extending. Well, think of it like. Explain to me what you're. Imagine, your imagine you have like a, a a red oak leaf. Okay. Okay. You have your main stem that goes up, and That's then you have all your little fingers. What a great metaphor. Out, He's the king of metaphors it's, today. I know. He's I have to show? do. It, I have to do it for a living. Metaphors. <laughs> and the only way Can you, you do, do it, it for us first graders over here because you're doing a great job. So you're gonna you, you're talking that big wet kind of trench kind of funnel yeah all the way down which there. is the stem of the leaf so it's not gonna go like a rectangle it's no, not gonna it be curves. pure borders you're gonna have variations and all that stuff and where you have those variations is what I would do is where there's more water to be held on the left variation or a right variation or, or however it looks I would start to stick some of those in depending upon how the cutting goes and where you have sunlight and all those all those factors. And you can feather that 13 acres into 15 acres. And then oh, more yeah. cedars will hold more water because it's going to always shade off see, the ground. That's, see, that's and then, interesting. And then you expand it a little bit more. So maybe You might be drying out your ground. You might be. Probably not. Maybe. But you might be actually holding more because you have more shade to cover the ground. So you're not going to have that sun to soil contact to that's dry the, it out. That's the bad part. So, why is it a bad? Well, no, I mean, I want, I want the sun. But you're saying, no, but no, I'm no. saying the but cedar will, will drink up a bunch of the water. The cedar, no, what I'm saying is, if the cedar exists on the edges of where it's already wet, okay, they're gonna thrive better than if you're trying to plant it in dry. Sure. If wet your feet. goal, if your goal is to add more water or add, I'm sorry, add more thermal cover, add more cedars, you could just tack on. Okay, I'm gonna plant another one ten feet away. I'm gonna plant another one ten feet away. By the time Easton's grown up, your your cedar swamp could be bigger. By you naturally growing it and changing it, just like you change it when you do a cutting. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I do. And I think that that, in addition to the fact that the woods will be cut to the south of it, letting more sunlight in there as well, you're going to, if I added more cedars, and you let the sunlight hit in and fill in and add more successional growth where the sun's hitting, I don't, I don't know if we're going to be able to cut it hard enough to do that yet. I'm not positive, but yeah, that in combination, maybe some willows in there, right? Some dogwood in there. Um, yeah. Thicken that, those edges up. You got, a, you got a big fish in the grass? No, I got excited. Corey dropped down and I was like, <laughs> no, but there's a, bit, like, there's the a fish. There is. I mean, there's, there's, one, there's one at 25 foot. You guys see one at 25 me. foot? That's okay. Corey. Okay. That's, that's why I got excited. <laughs> yeah, I think we had too many grass. <laughs> but <laughs> I think there's a fish. Too many grass. Too many or that might be where Jared. Jared. I haven't moved. Well, j jig yours. Yeah, I'll just, right, right, hold on. My, my there, blue oh, is dancing I'm seeing you. I can't see me. Am I a foot off the bottom? Yeah, you are one foot. Hold on, right there. I love it. Is that a fall off the bottom? You, yeah. You're right. Too low? No, you're right on. You're probably. 
six. I mean, you're right on the bottom. That's, that's my goal. But, okay. Yeah. I'm all done. Um, yeah. No, but your thermal cover is going to be good. Well, so that's another thing we didn't talk about, which we kind of talked about before, maybe. But the deer, we didn't see any deer tracks. Yeah. We didn't go all that far again. But we talked about the yard. The yeah, yard, they're not yard, here right now. They're not here right now. But why? Because there's no food. There's nothing, dude. Right? So right. when you log, <laughs> they're going to have a place that they can call home. Sure. You're going to have your own deer yard right there at well, your 70. So what's interesting is they cut across the street real hard. It's a clear cut. Probably oh, like yeah, five, seven I, years ago. I, I, I saw it on Onyx, too. Um, yeah, I, was, I was looking. Nick almost shot a deer back there. Kevin shot his first deer ever back there. Um... But you say they're not. There's not a lot of deer. But back they there. don't say they're all winter either. They but, move to the lake. But they have food. Do they have cover? Do they have the trifecta that can allow them? Apparently Cause, not. Because how far do you think those deer move from where you are to where they yard? How many miles? I didn't do the math, but it's it's, it's a ways. probably ten miles. So it's kind of. Like it might not be that your, far. It's probably no. It's probably less than ten. It's probably eight, five to eight. It's probably five. You put all your eggs in your basket, and you're like, okay. It's coming well, to Burt Lake, and then doing the math. Yeah. It's probably five miles. Yeah, but if they're like, okay, I think I think we're gonna take a chance. I think we can live here. Well, that's what I'm wondering. If I can keep them there all winter, I'm gonna note that as a success. Absolutely. If I can do that. But they're but they're creatures of like it's risk reward. I know. Like. Oh, I don't do I do I there. chance it? Do I? I don't think right now. Do I think over the course of where you hold your like own your property? Absolutely. Oh yeah. You could create that opportunity, but they're they're still going to be playing it safe. They're yeah. going to be like, yeah. eh, it's it's safe. Which that's just another here. interesting part of the whole thing, right? Like deer migrate. Wait, what? Doesn't happen in state. Oh, it does. No, yeah. Well, do. not by not by me. Oh, I, no, guess, sorry, I guess they yeah, do. do. I guess what, they do. You said no, down no, I thought do. you were just talking south of the bridge. I'm, I'm like, sorry. No, you're right. They they end up wintering in other places. They do. It's not as extreme as what it is in the northern lower or in the UP. Like, I still do. see deer all the time on my 15 every day. But to Corey's point, like there's probably a bigger thicket somewhere with a bunch of ag around that they're hitting. Absolutely, I would agree with that. Yeah. So, so here's a know. cool experiment. Okay. Your aspen, where you get some aspen cut. Cage, a 10 by 10 area. And you know what I mean? So you can see how much regen would be there. Do your thing. So here's how you see how much, here's how you see how much deer affect your regen is protect areas within your aspen cuts to see what gets regen and what doesn't you'll be amazed by all the aspens that pop up in the area you protect. And then um, I've seen this where someone, my neighbor Jared, did this and protected an area. And then now those cages are off that er that area. I think a lot of it was tops that protected it mainly. But now Natural all those cages. now those are all just amazing rubs. Really? Oh, man. Awesome. It, it's, did you rub those aspens it, hard? Oh, man. Every single one of them are rubbed. Every one a deer can get to is rubbed. Really? Yeah, that's um, that's a big benefit to having the aspen there. Yeah, I'm yeah. okay with that. Yeah, I'm with you. I, th I know they do that out in Pennsylvania too. We interviewed a guy from Pennsylvania and, and the forestry program out there. The foresters of the state they'll cage off acreage. Yeah, just because they they're not getting the production out of the regrowth right. anywhere. Right. Right. Spend the money and fence it. Yep. Yep. What are you doing, Zipper King? 
an awful lot to just go through it. You gotta go out and take a little leak. Yeah, that's probably right. That'll happen. That'll well, happen. so man, I think once you get logged, then you can start thinking about how your property lays out because even if you plan where the road is right now, it might not work out that way just because of they run into some soft ground they weren't expecting or something. So things can just change. So I think you get it logged and, and then you build your habitat plan. But in the right. meantime, man, you're, you're learning the thermals. You're learning what the where these winds I should be go. walking around with milkweed all the time. Smoke just, bombs. Or smoke bombs. Yeah, yeah. drop yep. smoke bombs, yep. man. Don't only do it on one day. Do it when there's high humidity Correct. or low pressure, high pressure. I like that. Like, you, you really got, there's so many variables killer, when dude. it comes to that, man. I know. We yeah. talked this morning about um, out west when he was in Montana, I was in Colorado, and it makes you appreciate that aspect of the game so much more because you live and die by the thermals out there. Dude, if you don't pay attention and you don't respect them, you're screwed. How did you test thermals? Out there? Yep. How would you test thermals as you walk? I had I had my, I think I would pump my little... The little puffers, know, right? little puffer about every 20 to 50 steps, especially when I was in tight. And then I had milkweed out with me all the time. But, I mean, I was running that stuff. So, listen. Here's what I took right here. I'm, it's a lighter. Oh, lighter. Yeah, absolutely. So you light it. So when the thermals are rising, that flame's tall. No way. Or, or yep. pull that will pull the flame. Which which way that thermals are pulling it? Yep. So we would I've do seen that. that before. So when it, if the thermals falling, a lot of times that just goes right out. That click would uh, spook a mature buck. I'm just well, saying. I'm just just go go. I don't know about bulls though. I don't know about bulls. No, I mean we, we were 500 yards, thousand yards away still. That's trying a great shot. Okay, right? that's a great shot. So no, it's spooky <laughs> here. But what I'm saying is, do you know what else smokes, uh, spooks bucks is smoke bombs. So I'm just saying there's different ways <laughs> to test your thermals, man. Do you use the red and pink and yellow ones from the fireworks store? Or do you make a your own. That's how Corey screens getting into his deer stand. So you know that he throws like six smoke bombs out. Uh, creates a screen that he walks right by. <laughs> Two or three flash bangs. He's wearing a bulletproof vest. <laughs> yeah. yeah, all tactical. The AR. Yeah. Two He's got his face bang bang on. That's, how, that, in that's how he gets in. That's how he had such a successful year. Oh yeah. Yeah. Call of Duty yeah. style ripping in there. I don't fall. Thermals. He's got a his homemade use, potato gun that he launches these homemade dude. smoke bombs off and just sends them. And he's like, all right. Let's go to the blind. So the deer all looking that way. He's walking yeah. over the magic again, trick. It, again, and, the magic magic and then I have a zip line. <laughs> We're coining that. Dude, so listen. <laughs> he does I, have a zip line. I, no, but no. I Not want, to the stand yet. I want stand? to have a zip line for, to a stand, but you, you know could. why I can't? Because I don't We've, have topography. It, he does, dude. You could. Dude, think he, about how to get to that far ridge. You could put a 400-yard zip line. <laughs> dude, I paid, I paid $100 we in coast. You might just do that. I had paid 100, 100 bucks in Jamaica. To go on a zip line that you could put in your place. Do you know how to do one? Sure, we could post it. <laughs> yeah. Post it in the ground. Not that I trust, hey, that I trust either of you. And I'll, and hey, I'm I not, could do it. I'm not going to go first. How hard? I mean, how, how, how hard could it be? You made one at your farm? I did. Like oh, You put oh, your kids on it, right? Famous last Yeah, I don't words. really like them. <laughs> famous last words. How hard could it be? No, how hard I, could it be? Corey does things right, and, I, and I, he's being Hold facetious. My beer, he's watch being facetious but yeah. Except when he tried to pull out of the driveway this morning. Yeah, well, it's what I'm not my fault. I drive. Hey, I was in a hurry to go fishing. He was in a hurry. He's like, I'm going to get this habitat walk over with because I want to go fishing. I'm like, yeah. Ironically, he was the first then, person to leave and the last person to <laughs> get to the ice. But he did get our bait for today. I did get so the bait. We're very grateful. I felt bad though that he had to go get the bait after he got a shark stuck. And it came back with 50 pounds of corn. I, I, I misunderstood you. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were chumming for carp. We uh, can be. I mean, 
It's not gonna hurt. <laughs> Corey, I mean, you want to shoot coyotes from the cabin because the tracks are right around the so, right yeah, around the house. We talked about that last night. Is shooting coyotes from the cabin? Yeah. yeah. Turn the lights off. Get a big collar out there and just sit on Dude, the porch. There's, there's there's healthy. You know what you ought to do? Healthy coyotes. Throw right your there. scraps just down the hill when you're leaving. Here's why. My dog the, will eat them all. Oh, when I'm you're leaving, right. I could. Yeah, you're right. But when you're leaving, because then the coyote. You know, not, here's a way to attract them and then want to hunt them. Maybe you can bait the coyotes by throwing your scraps over, and then they come up when they know you're there. And when you're there, you shoot them in the I face. Yeah, that would <laughs> work. I don't ever coyote hunt. I know. We don't. I shoot them on a deer it's hunt. It's a lot of work. I don't know what I was thinking. No, I think. I mean, this time we, uh, we yeah. can't hunt. We, we throw. We throw at our deer camp in Alpena whenever we shoot. We a should deer, definitely do that. We throw the gut piles off the edge of the off the edge of the hill. Um, is that um, within range of the camp? Sometimes. Just yeah. depends. Depends on where it's at. My also buddy's depends. uncle growing up, he had lanes cut from his deck into his woods. One here, yeah. one here, one here from his deck. Like long, long yeah. lanes. You know how the, But he had his, his gut piles and his carcasses, he'd always set out way out there. And it was right out the uh, the back slider. He'd just take out coyotes. So you could set your place up like that. And I'm not suggesting you shoot a deer from your house. But I'm no, just saying no. you could set it up to like... But observation. Shoot yeah, and, and shoot, shoot coyotes or just whatever. Yeah, have, they're right there. Yeah. They're right there. I have yeah. a, The tracks are around the cabin today that we saw. The only I, tracks we saw. This winter I had the largest like doe group I've ever seen at my place in on my food plot. There was probably like 20. I was watching them from my living room. And all of a sudden I started to see tails running. I mean, they were running like I walked out there and spooked the crap out of them. I was like, what in the... And I looked and there was a freaking yote slinking through so that's why i have that visibility of the food plot i ran to get my 308 as Patrick. quick as i could and uh sadly that little monkey snuck through the woods literally oh yeah i couldn't get out what's up what's up homies what are you doing oh trying to fish you want to come have a beer what's that you know yeah there's a zip come have a beer open that. all right we don't have too much more left we'll have a beer and yeah how's the fishing going out there i don't know bites gonna turn on here shortly i think you're, All right. You're in okay. second place. Yeah. How big is your perch? Uh, what, 13 and three quarters. Oh, baby. Yep. How long did you have first biggest fish um, placeholder for? Oh, about <laughs> fast as I could blink and turn around. <laughs> no, it was a while because then you lost another one. And oh, then yeah, I, it was a little yeah, while. Happened, you lost Corey's. Like five minutes. Yeah, you lost another one, right? And when you were on the phone. Yeah. And you, you could hear and a so mother effing yeah. Yeah. from across and, the and so I left and kind of went on the other side of you, like, you know, whatever, how far I was. I went kind of outweighs, I guess. But I made that move, and I think it was. You can come on in if you want. It was only like five, That's ten minutes later then, I guess. We got, we got our first guest, ladies and gentlemen. Yep. Mr. Pat Cross. Returning guest. First, oh, you're returning guest. I, I need, All you I, guys I need, I need to be introduced but properly. He, but he's well, got a he's got you a can introduce consistency. Yourself properly. He's got a consistency. You know, this is you know, it's the Northern Seventy that brings yeah, the best out of him. Actually, I have one. Yeah. So this is the um. Well, let's not give him. You know, we already got big head over here. Do we, we have enough room in the tent? I don't think we have enough room in the tent for the guy who shot the only deer at your camp. And it's an eighty dollar doe. And also had a seventy dollar perch yesterday for about ten minutes so Corey dethroned him. It's okay. I'm gonna So he's kind of a big deal around here in northern Michigan. I don't know if you guys have all heard, but his name's Pat Cross. Yeah. Pat, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. 
we thought we were marking fish, but we all three have uh, stuff down, so we keep marking each other. We got a little bit of interference, a <laughs> yeah. little so bit it's, of uh, crossover. I think that's kept pretty it's entertaining. It's a good time. Yeah, it's a great time. We'll, and I forgot my heater, so the temp's dropping in here pretty quickly. Yep. I'll tell you what would be nice is if somebody did get a big fish out of here on the rod and reel. Yeah. Well, that was the goal. While your podcast was going well, on. That's the goal. Like, yeah. I got the minnow set up down here with the bobber. Big, like, I'm watching tip ups. 25 inch walleye would be nice. Anybody doing anything know, at this no. point? I'm marking fish. But nobody's doing. No, I, you, yeah, I think I'm marking just little ones. Is it a time of the day thing, you think? I think we I need mean, to move. The, that first strike we had yesterday was at like 5.45. Okay, yeah, how about so everybody just, else? Have you seen anybody have, else doing I anything? I haven't heard. I haven't heard. Uh, when, when I went out to take the leash, there was nobody doing, yeah. doing well, okay. much. I think so. we should move up towards the shallow for the evening tonight. I disagree. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I mean, I'm probably. I'm not against it. it. I'm not. You want to stay here? Is that where your head's at? I'm saying everything. I, I, I would like to leave. I mean, I don't want to leave right now. I mean, obviously, yeah. but, you know. Yeah. It's All five, right, it's, five, it's 5.45. Yeah. Oh, I'm good with whatever. I'm just you don't to, have a bad I, idea. I'm just trying to throw he, the ball He just doesn't want to fish with us. Yeah. He just wants to go away again. He wants to go away and catch a 16-inch perch. So what he did yesterday. This he goes way out here. Right, but it was right here, so. That guy, but that guy caught all, that guy was catching the shallows in the morning. So that's where is that's that guy was that guy even oh, being truthful okay. to us or was he lying the entire time? I mean the the thing that I could not deny was when I peered over his tailgate and I saw the fifteen slabs and I told you the one he picked up beat Corey's and he's like oh no I called Corey's like that's impossible. Uh, I was, I was <laughs> he kidding. couldn't have beat my fish. So the one kidding. that he pulled out was bigger than the Corey's. one that he pulled up. He was holding it mid body like this and there was six inches this way yeah. and a good three or four this way and Dude. he had full palm like I mean th that thing was probably fired up for the next middle finger. Yeah, I mean it was that deep. Are you serious? It. No, it was the biggest per like yesterday. I saw the that biggest was the first perch in yeah. live. Yeah. This morning when you that guy went story. off the ice, up it was a giant. Now it's the biggest perch you've seen. Now it's that's the that's biggest crazy. perch I've ever seen. Yeah, there's some slabs in here. So yours is old news. So, so hold on, hold on. All right. <laughs> Sorry, Corey. All right, I'm going to start with mine. Sorry, I'm start with mine. <laughs> so it's our first day fishing Burt Lake ever. And there's big perch out here, we know that. Yeah. We're not screwing around bluegills or crappie this time, which we've done every other year for the past five years. Pike, haven't caught a pike. We're perching it. But these aren't bluegill crappie... It's a different lake. Yeah. Correct. So, like, we're fishing yesterday afternoon. We're catching a bunch of dinks. I pull up one that was, what, what measure? Eight or ten? Oh, it was ten. It was a good ten eater. last time. A good yeah. eater. It was ten. We'll call it a clean nine and a half. It was <laughs> <laughs> It was ten, I think, actually. And Jared's next was. words are going to be, who invited this guy anyways? Yeah. Pat, get the fuck out of <laughs> No, no, but no, Pat's right. It was, it was uh, ten and a half, exactly. So... <laughs> Uh, so, but anyways, adding inches to your life. So I caught yeah. this perch in the in the afternoon, early afternoon, and I, you know, I kind of bragged about it all day, being funny, which is hilarious to me. Maybe right. not to you, Matt, because you know. Why do you think I threw your phone in the hot tub? <laughs> oh gosh. Uh, so yes, so I had the throne all day. I'm like, all right, you know, we're we're teaching fish seminars later at the at cabin. You guys learn how to catch big fish. All joking aside, very smart ass like. Well, anyways, next thing you know, Pat catches, we move over here, he catches a 13 inch perch, a giant. giant. 13 and three quarters. You're, you're adding an inch to yours and you're shaving mine by three quarters. <laughs> I thought that's it was 13. Got, 13 and three quarters. Three Is that 13? Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It's 14. Yeah. We got Paul tape measures when we get back to the cabin again? Was no, it really? Let's not do that. 13 three quarters. I mean, it was. It was I actually late. do well this time. Here. Okay, that's I'm sorry. Tape measure game. That's all right. We're good. I truly do apologize. 13 and three quarters. I've never won before in that game. So after that. 
After that, I shut up. I don't talk about my big perch anymore because, well, it's not the big perch. So then Pat, you know, he's feeling good. He didn't even have time to get cocky yet. No. He's on the phone with Bob. And I got a call from Bob, and I literally just, just throw that one outside the tent. And then on the phone with Bob, boom, Bobber just drops Disappears. again. Missed that one. And then, uh... Was that a good one, you think? I think it was a good one. Yeah, it probably was Corey. Probably the one Corey caught. You think, really? Come on, we really talking I'm about a, one I'm, fish in this whole I'm area. I'm 99.9% .9 sure. What? That's pretty sure. That's pretty sure. <laughs> That's pretty sure. That's pretty sure. I mean, it had a hook mark in it. Yeah. I mean, his jig was in his mouth. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how much more proof you need. Yeah. At that point. Uh, but we're not really sure. All I heard was a bunch of mother effing from the channel. I'm like, oh yeah. boy. I, don't I heard that, that and I was well. the furthest one away from you guys, and I was like, so did he. Maybe he caught a fish, or he's telling a story on the phone. It was hard or to both. tell. And then I was like, "Yep, and it was both." Oh. He was excited. I could tell. He well, was we, talking fast, and I'm like, and then I was seen like, the perch mm. bites all day, and went, but when you just see your bobber just slap, just gone, you yeah. know, it was at least, it was at least. Those big uh, they, they don't fish. care. They're just like, give yeah. me that thing now. Yeah. And the hook just came out. Was it? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't broke. No, it wasn't broke. Yeah. yeah. Or fishing Tupont test. <laughs> Don't like. So, welcome to the next guy who has yeah. the biggest fish, Corey Francis. Well, <laughs> welcome to the podcast. You know. Um, so, like, so Pat didn't even have time to get cocky and give me crap back all day that I gave him. Nope. Which I, I wish you would have, because you're funny as hell, and it would have been good. It would have been good. And then Corey, all I hear is, "Hey guys! Oh my god! Hey guys! Oh my god!" I'm like, "What?" What kind of you're kind of far away? You're out. See, I didn't think I sounded like that. I thought I said, "Hey guys." This is a testament I, to your I think booming I versus feminine voice. Because maybe I didn't hear you yesterday, and maybe that's where your feminine voice came out versus the booming voice. I don't know. Oh boy. Because you don't hear the feminine or whatever. No, it's just higher pitch. Maybe my ears aren't geared to hear it. I heard that's him. I tune out my you, wife. Or you? Yeah, <laughs> you're just you. You mastered the trait of selective, tuning out selective hearing. Yeah, you mastered it, man. But I could tell right then. By how excited he was, because I've known him for a while. That was that was real excitement. I knew he had something, and then he, then he then he started trying <laughs> to play it, it cool. He's like, in a snag. Oh, they got, got smallmouth. I'm like, smallmouth. Oh, yeah, they got smallmouth out they here. They do, for yeah, sure. for sure. Um, he's like, no, it's not smallmouth. I'm like, and I just got my lines down. Pat just caught his fish. I'm like, do I run to Corey? Do I? Do I? And, it's, and he's kind of far, so I stopped. I stayed, and then he's like, I don't know what it is. Yeah. I'm like, what? Well, I, you... I was saying, like, so when I first saw it flash by the hole, I just saw wide shoulders, right? And so... As wide as the hole. And then, and then uh, the next flash I got with was the mouth as I was trying to grab it. Did you thumb him? I, I, tr I started to. I saw... I thought it was a small mouth because oh, yeah. okay. the mouth kind of was open because it, it sucked in sucked in the, mm -hmm. the jig and, like, was in its gills. Yeah. So the mouth was kind of open. I'm like, it's a small mouth. I'm like, then, I, then it kind of went back down. Pulling like it, like dude, this thing was pulling drag, and I was trying to kind of tighten it a little bit. Um, so it went back down, and then I saw it was a perch. I'm like, no, I don't think it's not. A, I'm I just don't know what it is. Posed as you were, if I would have caught that perch, I would have. Like, you could have heard me all the way at the launch. No, it was cool. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. I'm cool. He's, I'm used to the. I'm used to the pressure. No, I don't think. <laughs> I don't think that's that's it. It was. So he comes walking out of the shanty once he gets this whale, and he doesn't even scream. Doesn't nope, hoot and no. holler. No nothing. He's composed I'd the been, whole time. He's, no, he's cool. I'd have been <laughs> screaming. For sure. You saw I started, I got in the video when I was videotaping his perch. Like, is that a perch? Yeah. You held it up in the air. It was, you, it was Jared, you nice. had two good videos, both with Pat's and with Corey's, like, 
I felt like you were like an announcer for like a boxing, you know, match, like, you know, pumping it up. Yeah, that day, was good. Yeah, that was, was good. It was excellent. I get well, excited about this type of stuff. I well, love it. You had said, I, I said it's a perch, and someone said it's a big. I'm like, I've never seen one this big. So, like. I said I, that? I, so I said I've never seen one this big. I've never seen one before. That big. Before you guys could see it, because I was in oh. my shanty, right? Oh, so and that was, was something like else 50, that you had said. Fifty yards away or something. Yeah. And they're like, "Is it? Is it a good one?" I'm like, "I've never seen one this big." So that's. I think that's where that came. You know. Anyways, it was. I thought it was a big perch. And I guess it turned out to be a big perch. You guys caught a lot more than I have. Well. Wise, I guess. Well. So. so here's where we're at. It was the okayest perch, and it just happened to be the winner. Weekend. Yeah. He's, he's not happy you caught a bigger fresh than him. <laughs> he's know. pretty salty I, I, about I, it. He's not I, happy I'm about not it. that salty. He's just no, salty I think about it's hilarious that, that you are a little hey, bit well, salty. I get invited back. I'm salty. Well, yeah. I get invited back a third year. Here's why I ask. Last year I won. I biggest, last year I won biggest fish for oh, first year. Oh, I see where this right. is going. He's <laughs> laying on the he's slapping it on the and table then, right now. But he still has an hour and a half of fishable light. Yeah, and but if depending on how we divide up first and second. Right, if there's two seconds, I think we're just your biggest today. Biggest today, all right. I like it. I think we probably should, unless somebody gets that rare burbot. Yeah, give it to them. Yeah, yeah, we'll make a judgment call on that. But I think bonus burbot, the bonus, yeah, bonus. I love it. I think it's okay. How about this bonus? Any other fish, any other fish besides it's gonna be bigger than his perch, most likely. You're not gonna catch a lot. I could win today. Yeah, I think so. Okay, we have a call one. So let's do it. Which I'm surprised. So, really. so we, so I'm we very have a, surprised we haven't cut. So we have a biggest perch still, right? So you won biggest perch. No. But, oh, so biggest perch. So biggest I think biggest perch, biggest, biggest perch could still be dethroned. Biggest perch yeah. could be dethroned. Okay, so I we're not giving him yeah. yesterday. No. It's not just day give him yesterday and make today a new thing. But so we'll do still biggest perch, then we'll do biggest fish today. Yeah, but I think if a burbot gets caught, like I think that throws a variable in it. Biggest perch, period. Biggest fish. If a burbot gets caught today, period. I can't wait to see the burbot that flows tonight. Oh yeah, that's fair. It's still give it to Nick if he takes it. So Nick, yeah, so Nick's the only. It's not over yet. We're about to go fish. I should have kept that six incher I caught. Refresh our. Oh, did he catch one bigger than six today? Some lively ones on all our. Nick, a six incher. That, that one was like six that yeah. I caught. Yeah, but you threw it back, so you can't measure it. You're disqualified. Yeah, you'll be invited back next year. But I have to okay it with Pat first. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, that, that was fun. He may say, hey, yeah, Pat shows camp. up first, he fires up the heat, he fires up the hot, he fires up the uh, water here, he fires up the fire. Yeah, yeah I walked thanks, in, it was like it. turnkey. It's like, oh, this is this is amazing. Yep. Should have been out here scouting. Nick, Nick did 97 miles an hour up here to beat me just so he you could get a bedroom. Better. <laughs> I'm like, dude, I was going to give you a bedroom anyway. There's two bedrooms. You guys are two guys here. Like, well, I wasn't going to take one away from your dad. Uh, I, yeah, I know he doesn't want one. No, I know, but usually. That's true. That's no, true. I was like, I know. Greg gets Very option. true. Very option. true. Your dad will always get a room before yeah. I take a room. Yeah, no, that's true. Kevin snores. Or was it Does you? He? Would you snore? I, I used to snore before I had. Uh, Deviated. Kevin yeah. was closer to you, wasn't he? Yeah, Where'd you was, sleep? I slept uh, the one on the entrance of the window. In the corners, I yeah. slept right by yeah. the balcony. That's why my yeah, kids so did it, it was, No, it was Kevin last okay. night. He was okay. he was snoring. I mean, uh, but I fell right back to sleep when I after I heard it. We we partied pretty good last night. So. Yeah, yeah. I think that kicks in some snoring too. I mean, it does inevitably. Yeah. Well, we have boys. We have a couple more hours of fishing here. Sun's starting to go down. First bite should come on. And um, hey, appreciate y'all coming up. Thanks. Okay. So, thanks, for thanks again. Man. I'm gonna shoot down the ice and see if I can uh, get your snorkel out. Get my snorkel out. Yeah. Let's see what this pan after. All right, boys. Rock and roll. Good luck.
Thank you so much, listeners, for coming and listening once again to the Habitat Podcast. We really appreciate it. If you could, please do us a favor. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you listen to this podcast. If you type out something nice, I will send you a free Habitat Podcast decal. If you haven't been to our website, habitatpodcast.com, we have our Habitat property consultation services on there under the land plan tab. Check out our HP land plans there. We also have hats, t-shirts, and decals up at habitatpodcast.com. Of course, all of our podcast episodes. And then we have a new Habitat Podcast journal where you can learn about deer anatomy and some cool thoughts, um, you know, more of a blog post from us every now and then. We'd really love it if you went over to our Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, found the Habitat Podcast, and please subscribe. That really helps us. And thank you very much to our sponsors. I'd like to thank Vitalize Seed Company at vitalizeseed.com. Packer Max Cultipackers. Exodus Trail Cameras. Michigan Whitetail Pursuit. Endless Horizons Archery. Morse Nursery. First Light. Legendary Forest Products. Acres.co. United Country Midwest Lifestyle Properties. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in once again. Get back with us soon. We're going to have another great episode for you as we become better habitat managers. Thursdays with Saltwater Experience, brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts, every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. Through the Blackwater bayous and in the dark Louisiana night, floats a duck camp, alive with the sounds of swamp pop and the smells of Cajun cooking. Mississippi Delta in Venice to the Cajun prairies of the Southwest. Me and the Duck Camp Dinners crew will be hunting and eating it all. This is Duck Camp Dinner. Join me, Chef Jean-Paul Bourgeois, and the whole crew every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.